This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, then gradually becoming sunny on your 29. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 19. For Thursday, Increasing clouds, snow showers likely, high near 36. Police officers and SWAT team members surrounded a Binghamton building after a man armed with a gun barricaded himself inside. The incident started around 2.30 p.m. Tuesday at 30 Edward Street on the city's west side. Binghamton Police Chief Joseph Sikuski said residents of an apartment in the building had been allowing a man to stay with them. But they said the man started to act crazy, pulled a gun on them, threatened to shoot them and their dog. Sikuski told WNBF News the residents ran from the building and called police. He said as it turned out, the special investigations unit had obtained a warrant for the apartment. Police were in the planning stages of executing a search warrant. Sikuski said police were aware that the building had an air shaft with a ladder in it. The suspect climbed that ladder, went into a vacant third floor apartment... That's where he was found by police who took him into custody without incident. Sikuski said the man was wanted under a dangerous drug warrant in Pennsylvania. name of the suspect, who was believed to be in his 20s, was not immediately released. Scammers posing as Broome County Sheriff's deputies and uh, are preying on unsuspecting victims to solicit money and gift cards. Over the past 24 hours, the Broome County Sheriff's Office says it has received multiple reports from residents who have fallen prey to this latest phone-based scam. Reportedly, scammers are calling residents posing as detectives or deputies of the Broome County Sheriff's Office and informing them that they have missed a court appearance. They threaten the victim with the possibility of an arrest warrant or a fine of thousands of dollars. If the victim remains on the line, the scammer then requests the victim's credit card information or other means of payment. In some cases, the victim's employer is also contacted as part of the scam. The sheriff's office doesn't ask for credit card information or any other forms of payment over the phone. In December of 2023, New York State Governor Kathy Hochul signed a law into effect designed for greater consumer protections and more transparency when it comes to credit card surcharges. That law went into effect on February 11th. It amends and clarifies New York's existing credit card surcharge law. This new law is designed to limit credit card surcharges to the amount charged to the business by the credit card company and require businesses to post before checkout the total price of an item or service inclusive of the credit card surcharge or a two-tiered pricing option, which requires the credit card price to be posted alongside the cash price. This new law does not apply to debit cards. New York Democrat Tom Swansea has won a special election for the House seat, formerly held by George Santos. Swansea defeated Republican Maisie Phillip in a contest to represent a district that includes part of Long Island and the New York City borough of Queens. Phillip is a Nassau County legislature. The win narrows an already thin margin held by Republicans in the House.
The race has been closely monitored for clues about suburban voter sentiment heading into the 2024 election campaign nationwide. Swazi previously represented the district for three terms, but gave up the seat during an unsuccessful run for governor in 2022. Santos was expelled from Congress after he was indicted. He has pleaded not guilty to charges of fraud and stealing from donors, among other crimes. Democrats have retained their slim majority in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives. Voters elected a former school board member on Tuesday to represent them in a Philadelphia suburb that has been trending more to the left. Jim Prokopiak's election to the Bucks County seat will give Democrats a 102 to 100 majority in the House. A Republican lawmaker's resignation last week shifted the power back to Democrats. Prokopiak's win kept it in place. Democrats have sought to defend the majority in the House in four special elections in the past year. A Democrat serves as governor and the GOP controls the Senate. New York's highest court will hear arguments in Harvey Weinstein's quest to overturn his 2020 rape conviction. Weinstein's lawyers on uh, today will ask the state's Court of Appeals in Albany to dismiss the disgraced movie mogul's conviction on charges of rape and criminal sex act. They argue that the judge in his Manhattan trial trampled his right to a fair trial by succumbing to the pressure of the Me Too movement. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Bob Joseph, this is Binghamton Now, Wednesday, February 14th. Welcome. Binghamton Now phone lines are open for all. 607-772-1290. Will you call us between now and noon? I hope so. Let's take a look at the news at WNBF.com. Uh, we have uh, complete coverage of what happens on the west side with the SWAT team deployed, along with other Binghamton police officers. It uh, was not a long incident on Tuesday afternoon. Is uh, focused on 30 Edward Street. So if you want to know more about what was going on, you can check that out. Check it out at uh, WNBF.com. And there's even some comment from Binghamton Police Chief Joseph Sikuski shortly after the situation was resolved peacefully. So everybody wound up okay at the end of the day, which is good. Also at WNBF.com, we had more 
information about what's going on at the Tioga County Historical Society Museum in Owego. Much of it was based on the appearance on Monday on this program with the Executive Director Gerald Smith, our noted historian, and he's been very busy in the last three months since he started in his new role at the Tioga County Historical Society. So if you want to see some photos and a preview of the exhibit that's opening this morning in a we go, you can see that at WNBF.com. Let's take a look at the New York Post website. What is the Post reporting? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not going to talk about that top story just yet. We'll probably talk about it at some point, but I I don't want to get the program off to a bad start. If you want to see what I'm talking about, look at the New York Post website and you'll see. You'll see exactly what I mean. Very sad. Let's see. Mm, of course, they have some stories about violence. Um, they have a column by Betsy McCoy. Actually, let's click on Betsy McCoy. You remember her. One time known as Betsy McCoy Ross, the lieutenant governor who wouldn't sit down when George Pataki was delivering his State of the State message. So her column... And the New York Post website has the headline, Migrant Crime is Turning Cities into War Zones. And this is what she wrote. Criminals posing as asylum seekers are turning American cities into war zones. It's not my opinion. That's the opinion of former New York Governor Betsy McCoy. The Venezuelan gang Tren du Aragua feared for how it tortures its victims is setting up shop in New York City. Police sources revealed to the Post gang members recruit migrants from shelters and as they come off buses from Texas, putting them to work in retail theft rings or on mopeds, grabbing phones and handbags and roughing up pedestrians. Paul Giacomo. President of the Detectives Endowment Association said this is organized crime. It's just like the mafia. Remember Endicott, New York? Remember Appalachian, New York? NYPD Commissioner Edward Caban warns of a wave of migrant crime. So there is the fear column, the fear-mongering column from Betsy McCoy. War zones, American cities are war zones, according to her. Now, one thing you note from the column, she writes, gang members recruit migrants from shelters and as they come off buses from Texas. Well, who is putting them on the buses from Texas? Oh, you're right. The governor of Texas, Governor Abbott. So if there are problems in places like New York City or Chicago, maybe 
people should call Texas Governor Abbott and ask him to stop sending migrants on buses to other cities. I agree. He has a problem. The problem wasn't caused by Eric Adams in New York City. The problem wasn't caused by anyone in New York City. So Greg Abbott, because he apparently is frustrated, and he should be frustrated because he isn't getting the kind of help he really needs from the federal government, but instead of shipping his problem to places like New York City and Chicago, he should work to address it. Maybe he could find a way to partner with the federal government to address the problem instead of trying to ship his problem to other cities. It's 916. This is Bob Joseph on WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bob from Boston. Yeah, you're on. Ah, uh, you're wrong again. <clears throat> the government won't help people. That's why they're doing what they're doing. I didn't say whether the government would help or not. I said Greg Abbott ought to be working har- harder to try to partner with the federal government. You know, it's instead of shipping his problem to places like New York, why doesn't he work harder to get the federal government? The the state of Texas has plenty of representatives, including plenty of Republicans in the federal government. Work with them to try to solve the problem. Don't send your problem to New York. So you're going to do the same old talk over me? Well, I'm telling you, uh, you you never look at the right things that are going on. You just make these things up. Hello? I don't make anything up. I tell it like it is. You just make these things up. I just tell it like it is. That's what I do. I'm Bob Joseph, telling it like it is. Texas Governor Greg Abbott continues to try to ship his problem to other states that had nothing to do with it. What if New York State started shipping criminals to Crawford, Texas, or to San Antonio, or to Houston, or Dallas, or Fort Worth? It would be wrong. You don't do it. You don't send your problem to other states. We're the United States. You're not supposed to be trying to wreck other states. If your state has a problem, then work with your local officials and with your federal partners. Don't shift your problem to people who didn't cause it. The people of the great state of New York did not cause Greg Abbott's problem. And they shouldn't have to deal with people he's putting on buses or planes because he can't work out an arrangement with his local and federal partners. And maybe the people of Texas will have to fire the guy. 
Does it come down to that because he's unable to properly govern the Lone Star State that he'll have to be fired? Well, I hope not. I hope he comes up with a new concept to deal with his real problem and get it fixed without hurting other people. It's not right. You don't hurt other people because you have a problem. It's 919. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre-owned at GaltAuto.com. Nine twenty one WNBF live. Gary on the west side. Good morning. You're on the air. Bob, happy Valentine's Day. May everyone find a little love today from someone. If it's not a significant other, just someone in their lives, give them love, or you give love to somebody else. That's a lovely but, sentiment. Hey, how about can we have a discussion on immigrants coming into the United States? I think we should. Okay, so there was a gentleman yesterday, Dave, I think he had mentioned about uh, Chinese coming in. And you kind of dismissed them saying that, you know, everyone has the right to come into this country. And I agree. You know, I totally agree. I feel that we should let people come in who are at disadvantages in the countries they come from. So my discussion is, and I'm not saying I'm right, could there possibly be? I was watching Joe Rogan. He had Brett Weinstein on his podcast, and they were talking about the immigrants, and they were talking about the Chinese coming in. Brett Weinstein went down there and and visually witnessed people coming in across the border. A lot of them were Chinese men, military age. Now, they said uh, they looked up some statistics, and last year over 30,000 Chinese immigrants came in. Chinese. Um, could it possibly be like a Trojan horse? Could they possibly be planning, hey, let's get some of our guys over there in America and we can attack them from within? Is that at all a possibility, Bob? And should we be concerned about that? Of course it's a possibility. Anything's possible. Should we be concerned? We should be concerned about everything. Okay. I can't yeah, rule I it out. I, let's be realistic. Anything's possible. You know, just like the uh, the people who didn't have uh, enough vision, the people who were supposed to protect America in September 2001, apparently didn't have enough imagination to understand that uh, people hijacking passenger jets and ramming them into both of the World Trade Center towers in lower Manhattan and then another one into the Pentagon and then another one that apparently was headed to D.C. till passengers took over. So there was a failure of imagination on the part of the people who were supposed to keep us safe and it resulted in about 3,000 Americans dying. So, yes, anything is possible. And anybody, whoever's in charge with Homeland Security must use their imagination and think about every possible scenario because it truly is possible 
Okay, good point about uh, September 11th, Bob. And let's put it to now. You know, they say that the when they are getting the Chinese that are coming over illegally, they're, put, they're separating them from the other people who are coming in, you know, whoever they may be, be from South Africa, from Central America, wherever they're coming from. They're separated, and they're put in their own little cells as to why, or not cells, but uh, waiting areas, right? Now, this is, okay, this is from the Joe Rogan podcast, Brett Weinstein, and he was down there interviewing people, and they said that when they were asking them, where are you coming from, what's your name, why are you coming here, they refused to answer. Now, whether I believe that or not, I mean, this is what the fellow said, but you know, he said, that's a troubling thing. Most people that want to come to this country, they're trying to get away from whatever they were trying to get away from. Suppression, you know, they were, uh, somebody was against them, so they're coming over here. So they, you know, what's the, why not just give your name, where you're coming from, why you come here? And, these, and they're saying that it's a troubling thing because these people don't want to answer simple questions. So that's... That's a troubling thing. I mean, that's a red flag, in my opinion. You know, what we can do about it, I don't know, Bob. I mean, uh, once they're in here, they're in here, right? Uh, well, that, that sounds... That, well, people, look, this country has so much capability. Local, state, and federal law enforcement have so much capability to keep an eye on everybody. Don't make it sound like once they're here that the battle's lost, the federal government is capable, and even Binghamton is capable of keeping an eye on anybody at any time. So it's, it's not, if, if the attitude is once they get in here and if they mean to cause any problems with our country or our democracy or whatever, or they're going to go on a crime wave at Walgreens, if this country wants to, that's why we have the, the crime center at City Hall. I mean, the capabilities oh, are come on. Come on. the capabilities of monitoring people, whether it's with cameras or monitoring their location, because we all have our phones, or monitoring what we text or what we email. It, hey, people who are in charge of keeping an eye on us so we don't do anything bad, they've never had it so good. So, you know, we spend billions and billions, maybe, I don't know, maybe a trillion dollars. I have no idea how much this country spends ostensibly to keep people safe and secure. So I'm not saying we should just open the gates and say, come on, if you're going to be a, a potential terrorist from China or wherever, come on in. No, don't encourage it. But don't don't say, well, once they're in, it's hopeless. You know, if they can... If they can, I mean, look, you know, we're living in a surveillance state. If they can't use all these tools to keep us safe, then why are we paying so much money? And why were why are we subjecting ourselves to to having Big Brother or Big Sister, whoever is watching the cameras, 
watch us all the time. This isn't the we, you we know, are paying this, a lot of money. We are, and they keep adding. They keep adding more and more. They keep adding more and more cameras to our great city every week. Well, maybe not every sure. week, but every year there are more cameras. So I don't know. I I mean, but to your point, should people be concerned about potential bad actors getting into the country? Yeah, just as. People should be concerned about potential bad actors who live on the west side. It's 928 WNBF live. Tom in Susquehanna. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Uh, listen, I just want to talk about that border crisis. The border, uh, uh, New York deserves what they get. They're a sanctuary city. They wanted it. Now, it's not Abbott's problem. All Biden had to do was leave the border alone. When he come in, he changed the rules right off the bat. If he would have kept them in, he wouldn't have a problem now. So don't blame Abbott. Blame the people of New York. Look at Swazi just got in on Long Island again. Hey, and he is against illegal immigration. That's why he won. That's why he won decisively. Immigration may have been, or in the migrant crisis at the southern border probably was the overriding concern in the special election in Long Island Tuesday. And look, Swazi took a, a strong stance, and one of the biggest points he made is how his Republican opponent was against the uh, the deal to start fixing the border crisis. So if she had supported the deal, the compromise between Republicans and Democrats in Washington, steps would be already underway to address the issue. But instead, she is trying to keep the issue alive at least through November. And and that is probably why she lost by such a wide margin. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Bobby. Listen, she's against it because what does the border have to do with Israel and Ukraine? They should have been just voted on it just you know, it should have been just voted on uh, the border, and uh, her problem was see if they hold him to the fire. If Swazi now says he was wants to close the border, see where he votes. Now you're a New York reporter; you could keep an eye on that, and you could find out. And then you hold his feet to the fire. I personally do not think Swazi is going to. Uh, uh, I know that area down there, and. Uh, I am surprised because, I don't know, I hang around with a lot of conservatives when I was down there. But, I mean, I guess they've... Well, it's a conservative district. As uh, Sean Hannity said, he used to live there when he had two mansions. And then he sold his mansions. Now he lives in, I don't know, Mississippi or someplace. He left New York. The, The thing about that district, it's incredibly wealthy and it's very conservative. And despite that... The Republican candidate, who most observers believe was a very bad candidate, a very poor choice for Republicans, hey, she lost decisively. It wasn't even close. Yeah, she was a good candidate. She was a very, very poor candidate, as the results show. Yeah. They- he, Swazi won, I think, by nearly eight percentage points. It wasn't even close. No. They had 80,000 mail-in votes even before they started. Right. That's how you do it, man. You know, Republicans shoot themselves in the foot by by uh, always criticizing early voting or mail-in voting. Hey, 
if you don't want to win, keep that up. Keep it up, man. You know, if if, if you want to win, you take advantage of every possible way to get your voters Get your voters to have their vote count, whether it's early voting or mail-in voting or whatever, psychic voting. Make sure your supporters get their vote to count or else you're going to keep losing. You're right. And they got to still do something. Like I said, 80,000. But that's northeastern Long Island there. And that they get a nor'easter there. I'm sure a lot of people didn't vote. My- well, that's the problem. That's why early voting and mail-in voting is critical. Remember in 2001, on the day the Bush administration failed to protect 3,000 innocent Americans, that was primary day in New York State. The primaries had already started. And then they had to be shut down because of terrorist attacks. So you never know what's going to happen on primary day or the general election day. Get your supporters to get their votes in as early as possible so they count. If there's a snowstorm or a terrorist attack or if people are just watching something good like a live Taylor Swift concert on pay-per-view, they might not be able to make it to the polls. Live Taylor Swift. Don't tell me you're for Taylor Swift. I love her artistry. I love her music. She is a true American hero. I can't believe the Super Bowl is they're looking at Taylor Swift. I mean, it was ridiculous. And that's why it was the most watched program in the history of TV. Bobby, I never even turned it on. You know that? I never even turned it on. Well, you missed the best show on TV in the last 100 years. Game, I heard. Huh? It was a good game. It was a great game. It was the game was a, a classic. It was a it was a game for the ages. But the entire I know, production, I know. Well, the entire production, like starting at about I think CBS coverage began at about one a.m. I think they had coverage going on for what from one a.m. on Sunday till about midnight Sunday. So it was twenty three yeah, hours yeah. worth of coverage. But it was it was stellar, Bobby. I remember when the first Super Bowl came out, they started it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and we were listening to it on the radio, you know? And that was and that was good. Now, I ain't staying up till 12 o'clock to watch these jerks. Well, you know? I'll, I'll hey, say like, this. Way, remember, remember, remember a couple of years ago, well, I don't know, was it three or four years ago, they were saying that they were boycotting the NFL? You see how that fizzled out? Well, I'm not boycotting them. I just no. I'm saying they, not you. I didn't say you boycott the NFL. They, the the people who had a chip on their shoulder, the victims of America, were boycotting the Super Bowl trademark of the NFL. They were boycotting the National Football League because they were they had whipped themselves into some sort of patriotic frenzy and they thought that they should stop watching football and it's like what is more american than football baseball okay i like baseball so baseball and football are the most american of sports and so why would anybody under any circumstance recommend boycotting them and that's what they that's what happened a few years ago and you see fortunately that call for boycotting the NFL crashed and burned. Yeah. 
Their ratings have never been better. They're bigger, better, bolder, and more profitable than ever. They can't be stopped. Can I talk? Bobby. Well, talk. Say something. Enlighten me. Yeah. I stopped watching it when they started to run out on the field with hands up, don't shoot, which was a proven lie. I go to watch football. I don't go for this crap. They're, 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 they're taking the camera off the field to show you, uh, uh, what's the girl's name? Stewie, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? The girl that was with, Kel with Kelsey. Uh, I can't think of her name. Anyway, the Tanya Harding. You You're like. talking about Tanya Harding. She and her friends with the, uh, no. with the, uh, tools that, and they, for the, for the people they don't like, they, they bust their knees. Bobby, are she you, was America's Bobby, darling. Are you, put, are you putting me on? Are you putting me on here? I couldn't I'm think of about the girl I, for the Super Bowl. Who? I have no idea. Who? The girl that you said you liked. Oh, for the Taylor Super Swift. Bowl. Oh, Taylor Swift. She's not a girl. She's thirty-four years old. She's likely going to be president of the United States one day. <laughs> oh my God! She's Bobby, a very, very accomplished not, woman. Yeah, Bobby, I am not going to fall for your getting me angry. And tell John, who calls up, tell him not to get angry, just to talk. Get your opinion in there, and everything will go smooth. My days of being angry are over. Amen, brother. Yeah, and you know what I mean? And really, just go in there and do it. But I don't understand why you you should let us talk more and then, you know, make it a more tit-a-tat back and forth. You know, I mean, you you keep your show open. You don't want to just have a, a one opinion. You see what happens to a lot of even uh, the other guy on uh, the show there, Bill Maher. He's starting to see the light. You know, and uh, it, you're at a crossroads here. So what do you think? I re if I've, aren't you going to say anything about why I'm calling? Well, sure. Why are you calling? Just to talk to you, that's why. Oh, I well, I appreciate I it. I told you the last time I was never going to call, right? I know, but, you know, I think that that came at a point when you were just kind of disgusted with, with the overall direction of the program. Right, right. And also that, too. And you know what my wife says to me, too? I told her, she says, no. She says, you ain't going to. I says, I'm not calling back up again. So now I got a double whammy here. I got to, you know, I got to be a hypocrite and call you. And my wife, too, is going to say, I told you so. So uh, I'm really uh, eating crow to call you up. But, you know, keep the show going. I see you kept it. You're keeping the, the old format and everything where we can all, uh, you know, everybody we can argue, go back and forth. And we're having a good time, right? And that's the whole point. That's my point. Have you been outside I, lately? It is freezing. Yes, out I was outside for about an hour this morning. I was driving... I was driving around working on stories in Conklin and Kirkwood. I almost went into Susquehanna County, Tom. I I thought I was almost. Well, come on in. You know where I live. Well, come I may on down. I may pay a visit one of these days if you don't mind. You're welcome to okay. come on down. All right. Maybe. I'll have a coffee, whatever you want. Excellent. Believe me. Hey, but you know what? Too, if you were outside for an hour, I was outside for like fifteen minutes. My hands were freezing. Well, I wasn't I was outside crazy. for a full hour for the whole 
the whole thing. I mean, at, because I was going to different spots, so at times I was back in the car trying to thaw my hands out. The other thing yeah. is my right hand typically gets the brunt of it in winter because that's the hand I use to take pictures and, and videos. So typically that that is just, uh, you know, it's more likely I can usually keep a glove on my left hand, but the right hand is usually exposed yeah, so I can take, take a decent get picture. Get one of those gloves where you can take the fingers. Oh, glove. I know. You know Actually. You can, you, you can use them for, for shooting. I use that. Yeah, for that's what I should be using. I do have a pair of those, but I for some reason I haven't used them this winter. I'll have to go track them oh, down. Oh, well, this morning, this morning was unbelievable. I, I know. I some feed and I put suet out. By the time I got the suet filled up in the thing, I mean, my hands were, I, I had to come back in. I said, this is ridiculous. And it's not that cold. It's just 21 well, degrees the now, wind. but that wind was uh, on that. The wind was horrific. Anyway, thanks for calling in. One of these days, uh, I'm going to pop stop down. Stop by the house. Stop by the house. We'll have a coffee. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Tom. It's 941 WNBF Live. We're here for you. We're here for everyone. This is a big tent program. Everybody into the tent where it's warm. 607-772-1290. My name's Bob. The program's name is Binghamton Now. Who takes... Now the weather from the National Weather Service, mostly cloudy this morning, gradually becoming sunny, high 29, partly cloudy tonight, low 19. Tomorrow, increasing clouds and snow showers in the afternoon, the high 36. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 22 Fahrenheit, that's minus 5 Celsius at News Radio, WNBF. Aaron in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. You there, Aaron? Yes, Bob. Yeah, what's going on? Hey, um, I wanted to touch base on this topic you were talking about earlier with the migrants being sent by by uh, the Texas governor to New York. These migrants, um, they they walked more than a thousand miles to get to the United States. Some of them. Now, once they get to Texas, are we going to make them walk even further if they want to come to New York? Greg Abbott's giving them a ride. These Democrats don't give them a ride. They make them walk through. They make them crawl through rivers. They make them walk through hot deserts, you know. Yeah, well, they don't make them go through razor wire. Like Governor Abbott is trying to injure and perhaps even kill some of them. And it's it's a real shame. I'm glad that the courts have ruled against Governor Abbott and his terribly inhumane policies. I'd rather walk past some uh, razor wire than than uh, have to walk a thousand miles and get get raped twice on the way here. Well, that's not exactly the way it is, but uh, the truth is, the truth is, after they arrive in places like Texas or Arizona, then they should be treated with a an appropriate amount of humanity. You know, put them on buses and planes. And send them elsewhere. Help them. Help them. Help them get acclimated to the USA. 
Show a little kindness. DJ from Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. Well, happy Valentine's Day to my brother from another mother, Bob Joseph, Binghamton's number one talk show host. And I'm uh, I'm with you on that on, on uh, what you're saying this morning. But you're a reporter. We got to get that border in order, Bobby. Got to get it going, Bobby. Yeah, you well, that's what that's why I continue to encourage Greg Abbott to start showing some leadership and some compassion and work with his local and national partners toward a solution instead of shipping his problem to other places. That is a very immature way to deal with a serious issue. Bob, who's the other president? It does uh, slip my uh, formerly THC-induced mind from the 1980s. Who's the one that was in the wheelchair, the president? Wilson? I, I don't know my history. At any rate, what I what I suggest to Governor Abbott is he start he starts behaving like a statesman and and stop this wackiness. It's embarrassing. I know Texas the Texas Republicans probably eat this stuff up, but the optics aren't good. He has to understand for Americans in 49 other states were just here shaking our heads, asking, come on, man, why can't you do something nice for people? Okay, the reason I asked that question, Alexa's telling me, it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The reason I said that is because Abbott might uh, run in the future from Texas. I hope he does. Actually, I hope he's the Republican candidate this November. Abbott versus Biden. And then the Democratic candidate would win by 35 million votes. Well, it's not going to be this November. I know it's uh, not. I said that's what I hope. No, it's not going to be. We know who it's going to be. And just between you and me, I'm not very enthusiastic about that matchup. We don't need a rematch. I agree with my favorite caller, Tom, who I just imitated because imitation is the nicest form of flattery. And... uh, you know, I said before on here, when they, when this, when, when the, uh, ones come from Mexico, so Mexicans are half Aztec and half Spanish, they're just coming back home because they had this nation first. They're literally coming back to the land that they had hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and they're just coming back. The Chinese coming over, that's a different story. But Bob, remember, they get their education over there, some of those Chinese people, and they could come here and continue their education and become doctors. I don't knock anything. Of course, we wanted to do to do it the legal way, but I don't. I don't knock anything. I welcome anybody. Let ICE sort it out. Let them come over. If they come over, they come over. Right, like they say on the Price is Right. Come on in. Come on in. We got plenty of room. This is a big country. Look at the space we have in this country. There's plenty of room for many more people. Just because we have 333 million right now, doesn't mean we don't have room for. Millions more. Come on in. Everyone's welcome to America. Bob Joseph, American, WNBF. WNBF. 9.54 WNBF live. Warren from Sydney. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Mr. Joseph. You're really showing your liberal side this morning, aren't you? Um, my word. Does the Constitution mean anything to you and your followers? 
does does the stealing of the borders, the illegal immigration. Texas is not a sanctuary city. New York, they their sanctuary, which is treason against the country, along with Chicago, along with L.A., et cetera. If they want them, what, why should Texas have to absorb what they don't want? What, what, why, why did, does the federal government not take care of and protect the citizens of this country? This has got to stop, Bob. This has got to stop. We can't be, we can't take everybody in from every place in the world. We can't. It's called carrying capacity. Well, we can do better. We can welcome more people. Because America is so big, we have room for many, many more. We've got more coming up after the news here on WNBF. To be. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, then gradually becoming sunny, higher 29. It will be partly cloudy tonight, low around 19. Expect increasing clouds on Thursday with snow showers likely high near 36. Pennsylvania's 2024 primary election may lack drama in the high-stakes races for president and U.S. Senate. But the fields for lower ballot contests filled up for state attorney general and a handful of its 17 U.S. House seats. Tuesday at 5 p.m. was the deadline for Republicans and Democrats to submit voter signatures to get on the April 23rd primary ballot. Pennsylvania's primary election comes late enough that Republican Donald Trump and Democrat Joe Biden may have locked up the delegates they need to become presidential nominees. Meanwhile, Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Casey and Republican challenger David McCormick appear unlikely to face more than token primary opposition. Police officers and SWAT team members surrounded a Binghamton building after a man armed with a gun barricaded himself inside. The incident started around 2.30 p.m. Tuesday at 30 Edward Street on the city's west side. Binghamton Police Chief Joseph Sikuski said residents of an apartment in the building had been allowing a man to stay with them, but they said the man started to act crazy, pulled the gun on them, threatened to shoot them and their dog. Sikuski told WNBF News the residents ran from the building and called police. He said as it turned out, the Special Investigations Unit had obtained a warrant for the apartment. Police were in the planning stages of executing a search warrant. Zikuski said police were aware that the building had an air shaft with a ladder in it. He said the suspect climbed that ladder and went into a vacant third-floor apartment. That's where he was found by police who took him into custody without incident. Zikuski said the man was wanted on a dangerous drug warrant in Pennsylvania. The name of the suspect, who is believed to be in his 20s, was not immediately released. Donald Trump is expected in court for an important hearing in his New York hush money criminal case, which now appears increasingly likely to go to trial next month. 
Judge Juan Manuel Merchant is expected to rule Thursday on key pretrial issues and say for certain if the former president's trial will begin as scheduled on March 25th. If that happens, the New York case will be the first of Trump's four criminal indictments to go to trial. The recent postponement of a March 4th trial date in Trump's Washington, D.C. election interference case cleared the way for the hush money trial to start on time. Trump's lawyers have asked Merchant to dismiss the case entirely. According to the Broome County Sheriff's Office, Margaret Well of Windsor was arrested on an outstanding warrant and charged with bail jumping in the third degree, a Class A misdemeanor, after failing to appear in court multiple times to answer for separate petty larceny charges in the town of Windsor. Roy Eharts IV and Susan Eharts of Windsor were both charged with two counts of endangering the welfare of a child, Class A misdemeanors, following a child abuse investigation in the town of Windsor. Helene Del Negro of Port Dickinson was charged by the Broome County Sheriff's Office with reckless endangerment in the second degree and obstructing governmental administration in the second degree after driving through an active crime scene while fleeing police. She was taken into custody by the New York State Police on separate charges related to this incident. Robert Burtman of Port Crane was charged with driving while intoxicating, obstructing governmental administration in the second degree, resisting arrest, harassment in the second degree, moving from a lane unsafely, unsafe starting and refusing to take a breath test following a domestic, domestic disturbance investigation in the town of Colesville. Scammers posing as Broome County Sheriff's uh, deputies and detectives are preying on unsuspecting victims to solicit money and gift cards. The Broome County Sheriff's Office says it has received multiple reports from residents who have fallen prey to this latest phone-based scam. Reportedly, scammers are calling residents posing as detectives or deputies of the Broome County Sheriff's Office and informing them that they may have missed a court appearance. They threaten the victim with the possibility of an arrest warrant or a fine of thousands of dollars. The most concerning part is that the victim is told that they are being recorded and are advised not to speak with anyone else about the call. If the victim remains on the line, the scammer then requests the victim's credit card information or other means of payment. In some cases, the victim's employer is also contacted as part of the scam. The Sheriff's Office doesn't ask for credit card information or any other forms of payment over the phone. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. Binghamton now continues on this Wednesday morning. Phone calls will be taken in the order in which they are received. 607-772-1290 is the number if you would like to speak to the world. On 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. And for those lucky folks who have thoughtfully installed the free WNBF app on their modern listening device. 
Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, good morning there, Bob. It's Dave from Bustle. Welcome. Are you there? Welcome. Oh, oh, hi, Bob. Hey, you know, I was listening to you this morning, and, uh, boy, it was good to hear the... Hear Tom back again from Susquehanna. That was uh, that was pretty neat. Hey, um, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about the election last night because I listened to what you were saying, and you know, you're wrong, Bob, as far as that being a conservative, a, a Republican, a red area. It, historically, that's been blue, Bob. Look it up. It, it, Santos winning it was a one-off. That it, it's been blue, and you know. This seat is just a rental. I mean, Swazi will be there for nine months. That's all. When they have the real election in November, he won't win. Especially well, that, we that's true. If the Republicans can find a decent candidate, you don't just put up somebody who, be honest with you, I don't think she was qualified. I don't think she was qualified to be in the House of Representatives. Even George Santos, I think, was more qualified than she was. I agree, Bob. Yeah, they got to get another. Republicans need to learn something, and this applies to local, state, and federal elections. You need to get the best and the brightest. What occurs to me is too many Republicans who are among the best and the brightest refuse to get into politics because they're so bright they know they can make more money in the business world instead of politics. That's true, Bob. You know what? And I do agree with you that. Republicans have to get on the stick here. With the, with, they're going to have to gotta bend. They've got to jump right in and beat them at their own game with the, all these this early voting. They they've got to join in and start doing that, Bob. As a matter of fact, play the same game they do, Bob. Send two or three ballots out to everybody, even whether they're alive or dead, and make sure they all get filled out and stuffed in. No, I'm going to have to ask that you uh, refrain from encouraging illegal activities. Please don't use this program to encourage any sort of illegal conduct. Okay, well, then I'll just put it this way. We have to play their game. I agree. Republicans have to play to win. You know, that is probably the main reason Republicans have been incapable of winning a statewide election in New York for more than two decades. My sense is they really don't want to win. If they wanted to win, they'd put up some good candidates. Uh, Hey, plus two, Bob, one other topic real quick. You're being too hard on Abbott, Bob. I mean, what do you... No, I'm not, because Abbott... Look, I love him. I wish him all the best. I believe he is one of the best people Texas has to offer. Remember, the education system in Texas may not be as good as the education system here in New York. I, I wish they can upgrade their public education system so they can at least meet the standards here in the Empire State. But I uh, I admire Greg Abbott. I think he is a very, very um, real American, and I wish him the best in all his future endeavors. But the one thing I don't like about Greg Abbott is how he is sending his problem to places like New York. If we sent, say, if Broome County or Tioga County sent criminals and people we didn't want living in our area, if we shipped them by bus or gave them an airplane ride to Dallas-Fort Worth, 
Governor Abbott would not be happy. Bob, it's turned out to be a good... Look at the attention it's drawn. Yeah, I don't like it. That's not a good thing. What Greg Abbott ought to do is start being behaving like an adult. Stop shifting your problem to other places. I agree. He's got a big problem. I also will assert I didn't contribute to it, so stop sending your problem to my state. No, Biden's the one that did it, Bob. Look, well, then then his beef is with Biden. His beef isn't with uh, Mayor Adams in New York City or Bob Joseph in Binghamton. Stop sending your problem and causing trouble for people who had nothing to do with it. You know I had nothing to do with it. You know New York City Mayor Eric Adams had nothing to do with it. Where's he supposed to put them all, Bob? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't say it's a good thing. It's a very serious problem. But sending your problem elsewhere is a very, very poor, and in my opinion, a childish response. Work with your local and national partners to help solve your real problem. Don't foist it on other people who are innocent. Spread them around, Bob. You're all for them coming in. You said so. Spread. Them. Yeah, I'm all for them coming in. If they want to come in through New York, come in through New York. Come in through New York Harbor. Come up the Susquehanna River. I don't care if you come in. And by the way, if you come in illegally, be prepared to face the consequences. If you come into New York or Pennsylvania illegally, be prepared to face the consequences. But if you enter the Empire State illegally, New York should not ship you to Texas. It's wrong. Well, they they are going to face the consequences. They will. And that's the thing. That's why we're a nation of laws. So if people break the laws, then they have to face consequences. But Greg Abbott, at some point, I think, is going to is going to learn the hard way, probably from the Supreme Court at some point, that his little shenanigans are unconstitutional. And who knows? Who knows? At some point, the state of Texas may have to reimburse New York State for sending us people who got into Texas. We didn't let them in. Nobody in Binghamton let them in. Nobody in Manhattan let them in, or the Bronx. So, they got in through Texas. Maybe, if What's-His-Face had gotten Mexico to pay for the wall, it wouldn't have happened. Or at least there wouldn't be so many people getting in. But the wall never was completed. Mexico never paid one peso. So there's part of the problem. Okay, Bob, then you explain to me... Tell me, the blue states, the people live in them, the, the the politicians want the border open. So why are they whining when they end up getting them in their city, Bob? What- hey, if they come in, as I said, if they come in to New York, through New York Harbor, if they come in through Niagara Falls or up near Plattsburgh, if they come in illegally, then they are New York's problem. And New York will deal with them appropriately. But New York State is highly unlikely. You won't see Kathy Hochul even though she would be well within her rights to send any illegal migrants who came into New York State, she would be well within her rights to send them to Texas because of what Greg Abbott's done. But she's not going to behave that way. 
That's not the New York way. It's 1017 WNBF Live. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Bob again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll give you 30 seconds. I'm going to try to have a rational conversation. Oh, okay. Well, if you're going to have a rational conversation, uh, talk away. Let's be rational. These people are illegal, Bob. They should be sent back to their own country. What don't you understand about that? You hung up on me again. I, I didn't hang up on anyone. That's not the American way. I don't hang up on people. I didn't hang up on anyone. Well, now I have to because I don't like hearing myself over and over again. Like it's on some sort of wacky radio loop. It's ten nineteen. This is Bob Joseph, a proud American, broadcasting from the Parlor City, USA. WNBF. This is Binghamton Now. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Hit it. WNBF at 1023. Morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Bob, this is Dave from Owego. Yeah, what's up? Well, I just want to know when is it when is it too late or is it too late uh, for Michelle um, Obama to throw in their run for presidency? I don't know, but I'm expecting it soon. And I think that will be a, a very important, a very important political announcement because I think she is uh, very popular in many states, including states like New York and California. And, and I totally agree with you, Bob. I think she would do a fantastic job of running this country. Um, and she has a um, man on the side or right side to help her out do that. Um, and if she does put in the bid for the presidency, I think she'll whip the orange man's butt. Well, I wouldn't call him that. I would call him... Mr. Trump, let's show some respect for a former president. He, um, I would say this, it's very possible if Michelle Obama enters the race that the former president will bow out and then the Republicans will be in a position of finding a last-minute nominee. If she jumps into the race, he doesn't stand a chance. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't know much about Donald Trump. I've only had the pleasure of speaking him, uh, speaking with him once on the phone uh, here on the program, and that was a decade ago before he became president of the United States. But my sense is his ego would never allow him to get in a position where he could be defeated potentially by 10 million, 15 million votes by Michelle Obama. I don't think, from an ego standpoint, I don't think he could take it. No, his ego couldn't take being beaten by a woman. That's Especially Michelle Obama. I mean, yes, by any woman, but Michelle Obama? Exactly. 
So I, I think Republicans ought to be looking for a backup candidate. Again, there's no guarantee Michelle Obama will get in the race, but there are all the indications. Even Republicans believe that the Obama camp is behind some of what's going on in recent weeks to sort of uh, increase the the concerns about the ability of Joe Biden in a second term. So, and there's, hey, that's plausible. There's no way to, at this stage, there's no way to prove uh, that Obama, the former president, or Michelle Obama, or their supporters are actually behind what's transpired over the last several days. But I'd say that's uh, that's a reasonable theory. And, and again, with the immigration coming through the border, this is the land of the free. You know, this is the dream that everybody's seeking is to come to America. Give everybody a chance. Whether they cross that border illegally or not, let them take the chance. Hell, give them a card to vote. Let's shoe in the vote. You know, let them vote. Let them become Americanized. You know, I mean. And let them pay taxes. Hey, if you want, if you want all the rights and privileges of living in the United States of America, the best country ever in the history of the world, then you also have to have the responsibility of paying your fair share of taxes, unlike some billionaires. I mean, give everybody's, everybody's screaming about Hoko giving out $53 million credit cards to distribute to the, uh, the immigrants. They need to be able to survive. Give them working papers. Let them work. They will outwork all of us Americans in any day and any time because of their drive to to survive. You know what I'm saying? It's just that's ludicrous. Well, it, it's it's the, sad, the sad reality is, I believe, I believe that there are too many people, too many people who were born in this country and have lived here in some cases for decades, who indeed have just become. And this is figuratively speaking. I, I don't mean this literally, but just fat and lazy. And people who are coming to America, especially given what most of the migrants have gone through to even just physically get here, hey, if they're willing to do that, most Americans aren't even willing to get off their butt to turn the, the channel on the TV. They sit there with their clicker, and they might be sitting there easy chair for 5, 6, 20 hours without getting up. It's a real shame. We are the land of the obese and the diabetes spread, you know? Yeah, it's so, sad but true. I mean, it is. I'm not saying I set a stellar example, but at least when I'm doing this program, I'm not sitting in an easy chair. I'm standing up. I'm on my feet for three full hours during this program, whereas other talk show hosts... Take it the easy way. Oh, we'll sit in our easy chair. Some of them don't even leave their homes. That's how lazy they are. Every day, regardless of the weather, regardless of whether I want to go out or whatever, I get off my butt, I get out into the bitter cold, and I get in here on time, and then I do the program standing up, and then for hours afterwards, I go out and report in the community, so at least I'm not constantly lazy like some of the others in talk radio drive truck i make 15 to 20 deliveries a day i'm in and out of the cab in and out of the back trailer i'm i'm staying healthy i'm staying active so you know avoid fast food restaurants at all costs eat chinese there you go support the chinese some great food Available in almost every community in America. It's 1029 at News Radio WNBF. 
It's a live program. I have no talking points. I have no teleprompter. I have no scripts. Basically, it comes down to one microphone and one telephone and a phone number. That could be the most important number you'll ever hear. 607-772-1290. Binghamton Now on WNBF. Hey, watch out. There's a thumbtack on the floor. I told you, watch out. You stepped right on the thumbtack. I've known a few guys who thought they were pretty smart. But you've got being right down to an art. You think you're a genius, you drive me up the wall. You're a regular original, know it all. Okay, so you're a rocket scientist. That don't impress me much. So you got the brains, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, yeah, I think you're all right. But that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. That don't impress me much. N32 WNBM. Jill Biden is sending love to Americans. I never knew a guy who carried a mirror in his pocket. It's true. There's an art display on the White House lawn. I saw it live on TV, and uh, they didn't say anything in the live shot this morning on CBS. But uh, according to an AP story, uh, Michelle, oh, no, not Michelle Obama, she's not in the White House yet, Jill Biden is sending the love to Americans with an art display today. Um, there's an art display on the White House lawn, 1600. First Lady's uh, art exhibit was revealed as the sun rose this morning. The installation features a large wooden red envelope addressed in her handwriting to America with love, and it's accompanied by a large pink envelope and a card with a special message to all Americans. It was installed overnight on the lawn on the Pennsylvania Avenue side of the White House. A third piece in the display, a three-dimensional wooden box imprinted with a rendering. Uh, the White House has spilled small pastel-colored pastel hearts painted with various messages of love, gratitude, and optimism. Among them are Be Kind, Choose Love, and You Are Special. And I saw those little hearts, actually not so little hearts, uh, in the CBS News live shot on the Gail King show this morning. And they didn't mention, at least I didn't hear them mention anything about the art exhibit. Uh, the display is strategically placed to be featured on television live shots from the White House. Of course, I knew it was no... No fluke. Uh, to be honest, if I was setting up the live shot, I would have set up the shots so it wouldn't show up. And then I'm sure I would get a nasty candy gram from Dr. Jill Biden saying, we, Bob, we saw your live shot this morning on the Gail King show. And you purposely had the live shot in tight so people couldn't see my beautiful hearts on the lawn. And then I would say, well, Dr. Jill Biden 
A, thank you for watching the Gail King show, and B, you're absolutely right, because my live shot had nothing to do with an art exhibit. It had everything to do about the impeachment of uh, what's-his-face. <laughs> and she would say, well, you know, you do have a point there. Your your live shot had nothing to do with art at the White House. It had everything to do with uh, the just impeached, impeached Alejandro Mayorkas. And so she would say, you know, Bob, out of all the people who did live shots today, yours was the most appropriate. Thank you for using your journalistic discretion and not showing things in the live shot that would distract from the context of the story. So she would have given me a gold star in my permanent record. It's 1036 WNBF Live. This is Binghamton Now. you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. And this live segment is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Oh, great. Yeah, oh, phone lines uh, are swell. busy this morning. It's, it's been so busy. I don't know. The last two weeks, it's been exceptionally busy, and I think that's a good thing. I think this will be our busiest year ever. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Well, you that want means... The callers, you want to... Sure, we're yeah. serving more and more people from... Uh, not just from New York and Pennsylvania, but we're serving people in... Florida and North Carolina and Tennessee and California and the state of Washington. It's amazing how many people now listen to this program. Eventually, it'll go national. Tell you what, they're going to have to get a bit of bigger door and put your head through it there. <laughs> they were, yeah, it's already a tight fit because you know, you know, from an ego standpoint, insufferable is the word. But yeah, oh, it's getting God. some no, point. You're not. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, not so Karen, I'll never forget my roots in Endwell and Endicott and all the little people. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, obviously that's all all said in a humorous vein. Anyway, uh, tell us a, a few. Yeah, tell us a few things that might be helpful for our mm. listeners this morning. Okay. All right, well, we were going to talk about, and we will talk about, um, IBM and their uh, traditional pension plans. Um, they haven't come back, but you might think that they are because of the news from IBM. So IBM sought out a defined benefit pension plan that it froze more than 15 years ago. God, I can't believe it's been 15 years. And the company, IBM, has also, Bob, stopped making contributions into employee 401k accounts. So, hmm, what's going on there? Well, it seems um, that they're reversing the trend of corporations moving away, and many, many, and most, actually, corporations have moved away from that traditional pension plan. Because with the old plans, the companies promised to pay employees retirement income, and that rewarded them for long years of service. 
And that's how they kept them there in most cases because it makes a lot of sense because if you had employees that had the knowledge that they had and they built it up through the years, they wanted that continuity. And so they said, here, we'll give you a pension plan only if you stay with us, okay? But those plans were expensive. And so IBM and many, many, many other corporations said, you know what, we're going to do a 401k instead. And that moved um, the responsibility for savings and investing to the workers. Now, the move to um, the traditional pension plan or going backwards, it does have advantages for some people that work at IBM. And it's for people that mostly, okay, that put little or no money of their own into that 401k and who stay at the company for a relatively short time. So why is that? It's because they can take it with them. So it's it's good for the shareholders of IBM because the company is saving hundreds of millions of dollars a year by stopping those contributions to employee 401k accounts. And it doesn't need, IBM doesn't need to put any more money into the pension plan, at least this year and probably for the next few years because it has so much in that um, in that pocket. It's plenty of money there. So from a purely financial standpoint, you know, IBM is improving its cash flow and bottom line. Now, the employees are immediately vested, Bob, in the new IBM plan, so they don't have to wait to be vested, and they can also take their money with them when they leave. So that's pretty good. However, IBM is no longer going to contribute to the employee 401k plan. But you know what? The employees can still contribute themselves. So if they pair it and do it the right way, then they can save actually even more for retirement. So that's the big news so far with um, IBM and the reversal of its pension decisions that happened 15 years ago. Also, we were going to talk about how a brokerage works, and that's what we are. Um, it's, It's the fact that we have, you know, all the different insurance companies, whether it's Prudential, Metro, Metropolitan Life, Security Mutual, one of my favorites, and because they're very competitive, um, American National, um, John Hancock. So if you need an insurance quote, we shop it for you so that you get your best rate. Just like when you look on, you know, you see on TV and it says, oh, you know, I called Select a Quote and they, they shopped it for me with 20 different companies. Same concept, except it's local. So you have local representation. Just wanted to let people know that because still, even after all these years, people don't realize that that's the way that we work. We work for the client. We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up above Plato's Closet in Style Encore. You can reach us several ways for an appointment. You can simply just give us a call at 607-772-4898. You can also Google us at KSO Insurance, and all our contact information will come up, including our website, or go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. Karen Sweet O'Neill, thank you for the information. You are welcome. You have a great day. Okay, you too. Thanks, Bob. And the previous segment, live on WNBF was sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions.
I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Would you like to contribute? You may. If you call 607-772-1290. Binghamton Now on WNBF Live. Who takes... WNBF at 10.50. Thank you, as far as we go. Bonnie in Shenango Forks, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bob. Uh, I just wanted to say, today is Valentine's Day. Um, happy Valentine's Day, Bob, and everybody else listening, and love somebody today. Um, wanted to ask, is there any way that you could do a special Valentine's for someone in my family and play a song at all, Bob? Well, I can't promise anything. What were you thinking? Well, it's for my youngest son. His name is Jeremiah. And I just wanted to say that Mom loves you and happy Valentine's Day. And I wanted to play a special song if you could do that. If you have, you know, I know you do the music background stuff in between. What, you know, what type talk. of song were you thinking? Uh, well, I really like Van Halen a lot. I love Van Halen, actually. And um, how do I know when it's love? I love that song. I mean, I love them all, but I like that one. And, and because it's Valentine's Day today, I well, thought that would be nice. I... Yeah. I never promise anything because if I promise something and then That's something... That's okay, but I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. stay tuned between now and noon. Um, yeah. it's I'll, I'll say this. There's a high probability. Do you like Van Halen, by the way, Bob? They're great. They were great. Like, well, they great are great. They're not, yeah. they're not my... Of, of all the artists of the top... 100 artists that I love they're not in the yeah. top 100 but they're they're very good so yeah yeah I mean yeah, I, I have I, I have lots uh, I have a wide array and it would be difficult for me to come up with with a top 10 or a top 50 or a top 100 list of of artists yeah but eh, you know it would be pretty close to in the top 100 so well, I saw I saw Van Halen Bob at the Broome County Arena back in the early '80s with my oldest brother, and it was outstanding. And and uh, that's when David Lee Roth was the lead singer, and I saw him and what a performer. Yeah. Well, uh, so I probably I would probably like Van Halen better if if I had been at that concert. I've just yeah. I I it's true for a lot of artists. I uh, really like them a lot. Because I had an opportunity to see him. So, say if you yeah. hear, I don't know, I'll just pick random artists. Talking Heads, Elvis Costello, uh, Fleetwood yeah. Mac, uh, Eagles. Oh, I love her too. Those yeah. are all artists that I've I've seen live yeah. and it makes a big difference. Where did you see Fleetwood Mac? I love them too. At the arena. I think it was Where's 19... I think it was 1977. It seems to me, oh, really? and I have to, wow. I'll have to look this up. If I'm not mistaken, huh. in the summer of '77 at the arena, the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac had concerts. Really? I'll have to look that up. I, wow, I was probably, 
probably the best the best uh, arena concerts that that I've been to. I've been to a bunch. But Dolly Parton, believe it or not, I know a lot of people would say, Bob, you were not at a Dolly Parton concert at the arena. And I say, of course I was. And it was a great concert. And and that's the thing. Dolly Parton, I always knew that she was very talented as a musician. But her type of music just usually wasn't my cup of tea. But then after the performance here in Binghamton, I thought, she is so talented. And I I was just... Uh, you know, just blown away by by her ability in a live concert. So much energy, and even now, I mean, yeah. here, oh, that was, was great yeah, that was probably yeah. I don't know when I saw her in Binghamton. It seems like it might have been thirty years ago, but it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, happy Valentine's Day! And if you could play that song, and we all miss Eddie Van Halen too, and yep. we all loved him. He was a great guitarist. I don't think anybody could ever. Beat him and, and his performance, he's just uh, as a talent beyond my comprehension. Uh, but he's playing in heaven now. Okay, anyway, Bob, and everybody, happy Valentine's Day. Don't forget, today is a day of love. All right. Everybody. And I say celebrate responsibly. It's 1055 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Let's uh, take a look at what's going on from the email, our division of email. Johan from Endicott writes about Ellis Island to give some context to the discussion about the influx of people coming to Texas. Johan writes, I'm sure there are those in your listening audience who have visited Ellis Island. I did a few years ago with an exchange student we were hosting for the summer. That was one of the places he requested to visit. It was my first time there. I was blown away by how thorough the induction process was for those wishing to gain access to the country. There were health screenings, mental health screenings, criminal screenings, and so on. A surprising amount of people were turned away for various reasons per the law. The laws were upheld. Things seem to be very different today with how those seeking to cross the border to inhabit the United States are dealt with. It even begs the question, is this the United States anymore? Well... Of course, this is the United States, and nothing shall change that, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, times have changed. That is one place, oddly enough, I have not visited. I have never visited Ellis Island. And I'm not really clear why, but I should put that on my list of things that I had better do. As far as how people get into this country, it's true that what's going on right now is different than what traditionally has happened. And I'm not happy with what's going on now. But I'm also aware that people, many, many people, are in real dire circumstances outside the United States. And for whatever the reason... Our system has not been adjusted to keep up with the number of people who really, really want to become American citizens. Not just because they heard that the United States is a good place to grab stuff off the shelves without paying for it, although there are some people that do that. But there are some people 
dare I say, there are some people born in Binghamton or even some people born in Johnson City or some people born in Endicott who also operate with that premise. That America is a great place where you can grab stuff off the shelves of retail stores and you don't have to pay for it. You can walk out the front door because the employees have been advised by the owners of the business, do not go after the shoplifter. So some people do that. And some of them are not from other countries. Some of them were born on Riverside Drive. Some of them were born on Baldwin Street. Some of them were born on High Avenue and Endicott. Hey, it's not just non-citizens who come jogging into retail stores and saying, wow, look at all this stuff. I could save a lot of money. I could save a lot of money today on their unannounced holiday sale where everything I can put into these bags is free. You know, and so criminality is criminality regardless if the people breaking our laws are people from outside the United States or red-blooded patriotic Americans. I, I submit to you that some of the people that Binghamton police are dealing with in a typical month who are stealing stuff or breaking into houses or stealing cars and smashing them into somebody else's car or someone else's pickup truck head on. They were born here in America. You know, maybe they're not getting the education they need. Maybe as a teenager... She hasn't been told, don't steal someone's Kia just because they left it running in the driveway. That's another thing. If you have a car, don't leave it unattended in the driveway warming up. Well, I'm only going to be inside for a couple minutes. I don't think the kid next door is going to steal my Kia. Well, maybe she will. And then maybe when she steals it, she'll wind up smashing into someone else's car and then head on into someone's pickup truck. It could happen. So everybody has to play their part to make America better than ever. It's 11 o'clock. This is... Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, then gradually becoming sunny on your 29. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 19. For Thursday, increasing clouds, snow showers likely, high near 36. Police officers and SWAT team members surrounded a Binghamton building after a man armed with a gun barricaded himself inside. The incident started around 2.30 p.m. Tuesday at 30 Edward Street on the city's west side. Binghamton Police Chief Joseph Sikuski said residents of an apartment in the building had been allowing a man to stay with them, but they said the man started to act crazy, pulled a gun on them, threatened to shoot them and their dog. Sikuski told WNBF News the residents ran from the building and called police. He said, as it turned out, the Special Investigations Unit had obtained a warrant for the apartment. 
Police were in the planning stages of executing a search warrant. Zikuski said police were aware that the building had an air shaft with a ladder in it. The suspect climbed that ladder, went into a vacant third-floor apartment. That's where he was found by police who took him into custody without incident. Zikuski said the man was wanted under a dangerous drug warrant in Pennsylvania. name of the suspect, who was believed to be in his 20s, was not immediately released. Scammers posing as Broome County Sheriff's deputies and uh, are preying on unsuspecting victims to solicit money and gift cards. Over the past 24 hours, the Broome County Sheriff's Office says it has received multiple reports from residents who have fallen prey to this latest phone-based scam. Reportedly, scammers are calling residents posing as detectives or deputies of the Broome County Sheriff's Office and informing them that they have missed a court appearance. They threaten the victim with the possibility of an arrest warrant or a fine of thousands of dollars. If the victim remains on the line, the scammer then requests the victim's credit card information or other means of payment. In some cases, the victim's employer is also contacted as part of the scam. The sheriff's office doesn't ask for credit card information or any other forms of payment over the phone. In December of 2023, New York State Governor Kathy Hochul signed a law into effect designed for greater consumer protections and more transparency when it comes to credit card surcharges. That law went into effect on February 11th. It amends and clarifies New York's existing credit card surcharge law. This new law is designed to limit credit card surcharges to the amount charged to the business by the credit card company and require businesses to post before checkout the total price of an item or service inclusive of the credit card surcharge or a two-tiered pricing option, which requires the credit card price to be posted alongside the cash price. This new law does not apply to debit cards. New York Democrat Tom Swansea has won a special election for the House seat, formerly held by George Santos. Swansea defeated Republican Maisie Phillip in a contest to represent a district that includes part of Long Island and the New York City borough of Queens. Phillip is a Nassau County legislature. The win narrows an already thin margin held by Republicans in the House. The race has been closely monitored for clues about suburban voter sentiment heading into the 2024 election campaign nationwide. Swazi previously represented the district for three terms, but gave up the seat during an unsuccessful run for governor in 2022. Santos was expelled from Congress after he was indicted. He has pleaded not guilty to charges of fraud and stealing from donors, among other crimes. Democrats have retained their slim majority in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives. Voters elected a former school board member on Tuesday to represent them in a Philadelphia suburb that has been trending more to the left. Jim Prokopiak's election to the Bucks County seat will give Democrats a 102 to 100 majority in the House. A Republican lawmaker's resignation last week shifted the power back to Democrats. Prokopiak's win kept it in place. Democrats have sought to defend the majority in the House in four special elections in the past year. A Democrat serves as governor, and the GOP controls the Senate. 
New York's highest court will hear arguments in Harvey Weinstein's quest to overturn his 2020 rape conviction. Weinstein's lawyers on uh, today will ask the state's Court of Appeals in Albany to dismiss the disgraced movie mogul's conviction on charges of rape and criminal sex act. They argue that the judge in his Manhattan trial trampled his right to a fair trial by succumbing to the pressure of the Me Too movement. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. And this is Binghamton Now, live. I saw you there, just standing there. I thought I was only dreaming, yeah. Distance dedication. Joe from Scranton to Dr. Jill in DC. Dr. Jill. Seven ten at News Radio for America six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Everybody is welcome to participate. If you have not called yet, you have a duty or an obligation as an American citizen to call and express yourself. And the number is six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. We are here for you Monday through Friday. 9 a.m. till noon. The program cannot be broadcast Saturday or on Sunday. Uh, Syracuse upset number seven, North Carolina, in the uh, carrier dome. So, in case you, in case you missed it, you know who I miss is Bayheim. Of course, I'm kidding. So, let me see the story here in the Syracuse post-standard website, Syracuse.com. They tumbled from the bleachers like dominoes end over end. They spilled over the restraining railing and kept coming within seconds... The Syracuse student section swarmed the floor space near the orange basket. Preparing to rush the court to celebrate Syracuse's eventual 86-79 win over the Tar Heels. 
Syracuse players saw them amassed and ready. They were loud, large in number, and hard to miss. Judaman said, I was excited. I was probably just as happy as anyone else on our team. But trying to tell our guys to make sure we finish the game, stay composed. And that's what we did. I was happy. We all were happy. All right. Good. Go orange. Or some people say go orange. So good work. Good work to our our friends and neighbors in Syracuse. What else is going on? Take a gander on the most important news sites in New York. Hmm. Nurses sue New York to get their licenses back after fraud scheme. This is from the Times Union. Nurses are suing the state to get their licenses back after a Florida fraud scheme. So here's the story in the Albany Times Union by Kathleen Moore. At least 50 nurses in New York are defending their licenses after seven schools in Florida were closed amid allegations they were selling degrees rather than educating people. 20 people involved in the fraud have been found guilty or in some cases pleaded guilty, but nurses are arguing that just because some people were sold degrees doesn't mean their degrees are fraudulent. So now they're suing here in New York State because they want their licenses back, even though they apparently receive their degrees from some sort of scheme in Florida. 11-14, let's hit the lines. We're going to hit them hard. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Bob. This is Vinny from Binghamton. Well, top of the morning at you. Well, you know, it's it's a great morning, you know, Bob. I guess last night they had uh, old um, Santos's uh, uh, position that he had. Of course, he's gone now. And I see, oh, Tom Swazi, Democrat, won that. And now it's uh, in the House. The uh, Democrats gained another one. 213 to 219. And, and I just want to put this out there because I heard Nancy Pelosi talk about this a couple of days ago. She goes, you know, all the uh, people predicting and all the all the polls said that the Democrats were going to lose 20 to 30 seats. And we didn't. We didn't. And I think this is, uh, although it's early. And I know, Tom, I think he had this uh, position before Santos because I think he tried running for a governor. But I think this just shows, I mean, because he, he beat her bad. And I think this goes to show that it's it's getting to a point where the American people want something done. Okay? You, you, you can't have the majority and not pass anything. Now, I saw where the Senate passed the um, the aid bill. And it's funny, when you go online and start looking what else is in these bills, it's it's something. There's a lot there. There was a lot that had to do with uh, giving food, humanitarian aid, and the Gaza. Although they're talking about, you know, t- telling uh, uh, Netanyahu to stop stop killing and stop the, stop the stuff. Let's just stop bombing and everything right now. But there was humanitarian aid. There was also aid for the Red Sea. Because, you know, you've got those terrorists over there trying to block these ships. And these ships now have to detour in the Red Sea. And they got to go all the way down below um, the continent of Africa. 
And that's also for gas and diesel and fuel. So that could affect our gas prices. That was in there. But no, no, the Republicans screwed it up. That was also on the border thing. I border, I, I could go on forever about that, how they screwed that up. So I think what's happening is the American people are tired of the lip service. Can you please? Well, I think I, I think collectively, Americans, especially people in our audience, are fed up with the shenanigans, fed up with lip service about certain issues. And then when there's an opportunity to address the most pressing issue of the day that you avoid taking a decisive step that could make things better, not make the problem go away, but start to address the problem and start uh, making things not only better for our fine neighbors in Texas and Arizona, but also better for people who want to come to America to live their best life. And, you know, for, for Republicans to uh, be dissuaded from doing the right thing by uh, a, a grumpy loser. And I don't like saying that he's a loser, but he is. I mean, that's the fact. He lost, and he lost big time. He lost bigly in the 2020 election. I mean, we have the numbers to prove it. And he still, nearly four years later, he still hasn't gotten over his loss. He is still steaming. And he is yep. trying desperately in the upcoming rematch to, to eke know, out a win. And, and you know, you can, you can almost... The, I would say, Vinny... May I call you mm -hmm. Vinny? Yes, you may, Bob. Okay, Mr. Vinny. I want hey, to show... Hey, can I call you Sweetie? I hear I <laughs> call you Sweetie a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, in all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, the desperation in the former guy's voice is palpable. And, and it's almost... Almost enough to upset even his opponents. Oh, hey, Bob, you've been, you, listen, I, I don't want to put you in a situation, but you've been doing this a long time. You can't tell me that there's a lot of Republicans that want this guy gone. Oh, I, I agree. I, if, if there was a secret vote, not a yep. vote that was held by Dan Bongino or Sean Hannity yep. or Mark Levin. Uh -huh. There was truly a secret vote among registered Republicans in America, and it was legit. It was not rigged. He yep. would lose. He would lose, yep. and he would lose by a substantial amount. I don't. I don't know yep. what the percentage would be, but it wouldn't be close. Of course, he would cry that it was rigged. So that's why there won't be a secret vote. But it would be fascinating. If registered Republicans, people who have been part of the grand old party, in some cases for several decades, and must be wondering, what the heck happened? How did we let, how did we let this happen? Why didn't we nip this in the bud when we could have? Right. And it yeah. should have been nipped in the bud. I'm, I'm convinced that most red-blooded American Republicans wish they could have nipped this in the bud early in 2016. And, right. and yeah. the only reason, in my 
personal opinion, the only reason that he wound up getting the nomination in 2016 wasn't because he was the best of the bunch, because he was the one who stood out in the crowd. It was a crowded field, and the one who was making the most noise, the one who was the bright, shiny object in every debate, in every discussion, he wound up prevailing, and I'm sorry to say, the American media, including those who claim to be liberal journalists, were complicit. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, and I, would... I mean, not only the journalist who wrote about it and, and treated, treated his candidacy as some sort of bizarro freak show, mm-hmm. but also... For the people who own the companies. And, and let's face it, a lot of the people who are in control of the so-called liberal media companies are rich, conservative white men. But they knew. Yeah. Even the president of CBS News. I, was it the president of CBS or the president of CBS News? He even admit, admitted that that guy's candidacy was great for us. Oh, yeah. And uh, nothing. Because, yeah. yeah. Uh, Munoz or whatever his name yeah. was. Uh, Leslie yeah. Moonves before he was yep, yep. shown the door. By the CBS organization. I mean, again, you know, that was before, uh, unfortunately, like so many older white guys, where they have to leave early. I mean, you know, in the rich tradition of uh, Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes and Andrew Cuomo, you know, older white guys who have to leave early. You know, some older white guys who leave early, like Bill O'Reilly wound up leaving early because of uh, purported bad behavior. They still left the building with millions of dollars. Here, here are millions of dollars. Now get out of here. Yeah. You know, isn't that funny? You know, what a society this is when you can be accused of some of the most aberrant behavior in the world, treating people poorly, and the way your employer takes care of the problem is, here, here's a, a satchel filled with millions of dollars. Get out of here. I know. What happened? I, to, what What did Fox News do with Tucker Carlson? They yep. told him he, he had the top-rated show, and it was a show on cable TV, the top-rated show, and even Fox News got to the point they had to tell Tucker, uh, Tucker Carlson, get out of here. You just cost yep. us a huge... Like hundreds of millions of dollars. Didn't Fox News lose a huge lawsuit? Yeah, and they got another one. Another one is coming up. Yep, yep. I told you that was that Fox News, the official skirt chaser network. It's the same thing with all those guys. It's a sad, sad thing. They set a poor example for the rest of the people in the media. Yes, they do. And and Bob, can I just say this one thing? Because this this came up with me with my. uh, friends talking the other day, and I wanted to talk about um, um, Baron Trump, Donald Trump's youngest, youngest no, I boy. don't think we can. What, uh, well, he's, he's not 18 yet. Well, yeah, I know. That's, that's my well, point. Well, yeah, uh, hold on. We okay. can talk about him Okay. in five weeks. He'll be 18 on March 20th. Oh, all right. We can't all talk. Right. He's, he's, he's a minor, and I wish him the best. Because I, I I don't know much about him. This is all I'm going to say because I don't want to talk uh, about the minor child of the former guy. But um, I like him. I just, That's all I'll say. Know, it, starting March 20th. Well, actually, let me just see if we're even on the air on March 20th. 
because it might be the weekend. If it's March 20th, we'll throw a birthday party for the young man because I think he might be one of our best hopes. Um, March 20th. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. We'll throw a birthday celebration as he turns 18. Well, that's, yeah. Okay, in the I'll meantime, yeah, in the night. meantime, it's it's really not appropriate to talk about him. Well, he's, he's only well, 17. Well, I, I think, well, I guess the, the angle that I was going was what that young man is going through. Oh, well, it's okay. It's fair in, indeed yeah. to express concern. I mean, that'd yeah, be like see. me expressing concern for some of the young people that I cover in the news who are not yet 18. Even, sadly, some people who are accused of um, felony crimes and say some some cases they're maybe only 15 or 17, you know, and we don't, as a rule, I don't think we use their names, but we can still express our concern and, and hope because I believe in redemption. So even even if you're, you know, 15 or 17 and you committed a crime, heck, even if you're 77 and you commit a crime, I believe in redemption. You could commit a crime, but if you show actual sorrow and contrition and get back on the on track, you know, I know I know I know examples of people who, you know, as they say, the euphemism, they made some mistakes, but then. They turned their lives around and, and became productive members of our society. So that's what I hope for everybody. I, oh yeah, and I, I my, my point was, you know what? Because I I put him with what's going on with our youth today and oh, the yeah. problems and, and things that they have to go through. Well, and and, uh, and, and on a bigger, and a, a, I think a, as we expand our worldview, just how important it is for teenagers, especially teenage boys and, and teenage girls to have good role models from their parents. You know, if, if your your parents are good role models, if your dad or your mom are good role models, odds are you'll turn out good. That's, that was my point, too. That was the point I was yep. going to bring up. But I can wait these days. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait till March yep. 20th. Maybe we can yep. go to uh, uh, that store in Johnson City and see if they would sell us a cake. And uh, okay. <laughs> celebrate uh, celebrate his uh, 18th birthday. Thank you, WNBF. We care. We care for the youth of America because they are our future. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. WNBF Live. Binghamton now on the cutting edge of reasonable discourse. (laughs) 
Matt from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. How do you think this phone call went when the former guys made this call? Eric, Eric, I need someone smart to help run the RNC. Is your wife there? (laughs) (laughs) I wish, Lordy, Lordy, I wish there were tapes. Uh, and then she says, "Every the takeover is complete. Every of by the Grifter family. Every she said, every single penny will go to uh, to the number one and only job of the RNC. That is to elect DJT as president of the United States and save this country. That was her quote. So that how do you think?" Uh, Vinny's exactly right. If well, ever, no, Vin, right. Vinny hit the We're hit that nail up. right on the head. And gotta say, they must have recorded that. Lordy, I hope there are tapes. <laughs> I mean, don't you think somebody's got a tape somewhere of that? And I hope we hear it. I hope Sean Hannity plays it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, that's exactly. And so this Michael Watney, who's going to be the chair, and he'd be the co-chair. They're both total MAGA uh, devotees, and they've taken over everything. And how would you feel if you were uh, somebody running for Senate or Congress now, and and this is the message you just got from uh, his daughter, that every penny will go, of course, they're not raising very much. That's why they're getting rid of the other person. Um, But, um, you know... Every penny is going to go to Donald Trump, so they don't. They just prove well, they well, care nothing know. about the Republican Party. Yeah, you know, it sounds the the behavior of this family sounds like something you'd see on one of those really, really, really bad reality shows on a lower tier cable network. And the other thing is, uh, you know, Tom Swazi ran on border security because we can now say, as as Democrats, we tried like hell to push get a bill through, and the only one that prevented it, even all these Republican senators that said they were going to vote for it, they all said they were ready, and Donald Trump came in and said, nope, we want that as a campaign issue. You see how that played out in Long Island and Queens for him. They, uh, they, uh, he ran on border security and pointed out that, hey, we want to do it, uh, and the, the former guy's just holding it up. Uh, because of he thinks it'll be a good campaign issue. So now that that campaign issue looks like it may be on the wayside, what are they going to run on? Because they they don't have anything else to run on. They've- well, they, they're they're hoping, I think, if the immigration issue doesn't catch on, which, as you point out, because of the results in the special election Tuesday, doesn't look like it's going to work for them. Uh, I think they're desperately going to try to portray our president as being too old. Which and and I I don't I don't see how that's a winning issue because for every example that you could pull out of your uh, uh, big stack of audio stuff of Joe Biden behaving in a mm, perhaps a semi confused moment or whatever you could find at least two of the former guy I mean look the good the good thing about the former guy since he's been in the public spotlight for at least the last decade or more is it's all on tape. And so just because, you know, I think there is somehow a theory going around that over the last three years that the former guy hasn't said or done anything that's really 
that outlandish. And and it's because he just doesn't get that much attention anymore right. because he's just not that relevant. But trust me, even if you haven't been paying attention, the recorders have continued recording and there are bigger, better stacks of stuff that will come out if necessary. And and maybe maybe the Democrats won't feel it necessary, but say if Republicans go down the route, as I hear sometimes on Hannity's program, he puts together uh, um, an edited sort of a highlight reel of Joe Biden. Well, look, anybody can do that. You could put together a highlight reel of me. If you record enough stuff, you can find enough clips to to string together to make it sound like I'm 100 percent clueless about everything, too. I mean, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of technology. If that's what you're trying to pull, problem is for the people in the former guy's campaign, you know, the same can be done by their opponents. So if they if they go that route. You know, it'll be mutual, mutual assured destruction. The, the campaign about, about who is the most confused or the most out of the loop might be, might end in a tie. Actually, I think, I mean, even the stuff that the former guy said when he was president, that could be used against him because he said a lot of things about people, good people, people who had physical disabilities and, and, People who had perhaps uh, special needs and weren't as fortunate as he is. And he he said lots of things that were mean-spirited. He said mean things about um, John McCain, a national right. hero. Right. So that, all that stuff. And even the tape, and I hate to bring this up, Matthew, even the tape from the Billy Bush bus could could wind up being played on American radio and TV at some point in October, if that's if that's how low the campaigns will stoop. Well, one one of the things that John uh, Stewart in his uh, new debut on uh, Comedy Central the other night, I don't know if you saw it, but you should look at his opening monologue. It's not that long. It would be nice to post it because maybe people will actually listen to it. And he wasn't – he was making fun of both of their ages. But then he got down to the brass tacks, but he played the clip of – when Donald Trump uh, was doing that deposition, one of his depositions, and the, the lawyer asked him, do you remember saying you have a great, one of the greatest memories ever or something like that? And he goes, uh, no, I don't, I don't recall that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, you know, but as you know, I wish the best for him. And uh, certainly because the way things are looking, He's he's going to have to find something to do next year because I don't believe he's going to be uh, getting back into um, free public housing the way things are looking now. Thank you. That's uh, Matt from Binghamton, former mayor of the Parlor City, Matthew Ryan, 1138 at WNBF. We'll be taking more calls until noon because that's what we do. 607-772-1290. Give me a call. Enlighten me. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. News Radio 1290, WNBF. 1140, WNBF Live. I'm Bob Joseph on your Wednesday morning.
the phones. Dave in Appalachian. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. Um, <clears throat> there's been been a lot of talk about uh, the uh, mental state acuity of uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And then I guess a couple of days ago, there was a uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Herr, who I don't know if he authored the report, but he had the report um, about Joe Biden and his forgetfulness uh, and his seeming problems. Well, it's not Dr. Robert Herr. It's just he, Robert Herr. He is a Herr. doctor. Well, he, he's a doctor, but he's not a medical doctor. Yeah, yeah. so he, he, he chose to incorporate in his report uh, stuff that, many believe was totally irrelevant to what he was supposed to be investigating continue was it came across as him when they said doctor every it seemed to me that everybody went under the assumption he was a medical doctor but he's a doctor of law he's a lawyer right right so you know robert er doctor robert er you know it, he's, well, the he, question is now if you were sick would you go to your lawyer no for advice no if, if okay. only time I would go to uh, a lawyer for medical advice is if I thought I had a malpractice case. Otherwise, I will trust my loyal medical team. Yes, yeah, no, it's uh, Doctor. Okay, now I see what where you were yeah, going. But my yeah. point, my my point is, is I think too many people are under the uh, false assumption at this point that he's a medical doctor when he's oh, not. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Uh, it's something that's very important for people to understand. So I appreciate your uh, actually calling that to uh, the attention of our loyal viewers because some of them may may not have realized. You know, he's exactly. uh, he's, it's not like he's Doctor Sanjay Gupta, who's a real medical doctor. Right. So yes, thank you for uh, pointing that out. I think that's a, a critical distinction. Okay, bud. Thank that's you. All. Okay. Right. Thanks. Eleven forty three at WNBF. Just like Dr. Bob Harris. Remember him? <clears throat> well, no, it's not just like Dr. Bob Harris. His case was <clears throat> totally different. But that was decades ago. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, it's Paul from Vestal, but I'm calling you right now on vacation in Florida. A lot, a lot warmer here, thank God. Yeah, well, enjoy. But, yeah, I, I'm i asking your advice. Uh, I'm, you know, like a lot of people, I hope, are fed up with the way uh, the House and the Republicans are just uh, dragging their feet and not doing anything when we have such huge issues on uh, on the plate, especially... Uh, my heart goes out to the uh, poor people in Ukraine, and they're playing politics with this. And my question to you is, what would you advise? How would you approach our congressman, who, as far as I'm concerned, Molinaro, is not representing me, my thoughts, what I want to have done? What would you recommend? The action of a common person to get him off the stick or get him off of the off, out of office. What? Well, I'm not going to offer advice on how to unseat a member of Congress. I would say if you have um, 
a differing view on any issue and you want to yep. uh, communicate it to him, send an email to his office or maybe a phone call. I, I don't know. I really don't know how important emails or phone calls really are to members of Congress. I, I sometimes have been told that they are important and then sometimes I'm under the impression that they might just be ignored. I don't really know, but I think, I think at a minimum, you send an email, a thoughtful email, mm -hmm. and not a long one. You know, sometimes what I notice, and this happens, say, with people who have opinions that they want to share with me via email, uh, I got to tell you, I'm busy. If, if you send an email and it's, if it's more than three sentences, probably everything beyond the third sentence may be disregarded, not because it's unimportant, but it, you better better put your most important stuff in the first two or three sentences and then be very thoughtful if you want to go any further because people are just too busy. So, yeah. and, and do it in a polite way. Even if you disagree with some someone, with the congressman's position on any issue, state it in a, a way that's not insulting. You don't say, how did you ever get elected to Congress? I can't believe it. You know, because right at the outset, they're going to say, oh, here's somebody who didn't like us anyway. Delete. So, you know, a, a, an email would be good. Maybe. Well, I was going to recommend a traditional letter, but uh, now in Congress, I don't I don't think anybody in Washington wants to get traditional mail because it has to go through some sort of bizarre security process. So it probably gets delayed by by days or weeks. So it's probably most effective if you want to convey an opinion to members of Congress or to somebody in the White House to send an email. Yeah. So, well, yeah, do it. Thank you know, it can't hurt. I will, I will take your advice, and I hope... Uh I hope uh, people uh, do look at the tapes and the actual things that are in record against our former president because uh, it's uh, it, it's scary. I was talking to a person who just uh, adores the former president and uh, just uh, I might as well talk to my wall. I would have about well, as much you know, <laughs> but but try to show them some, I don't know, yeah, consideration or, or respect. Look, yeah. you feel strongly about something, and and you know, I mean, whether it's friends or relatives disagree with you. I mean, I don't know that that can feel good either. So it's what what I think is if you know people are are really committed to a candidate or to a specific cause, I I think. Uh, once you've ascertained that, and maybe if you want, share your view, you know, move on to something else because, you know, time is too short. And if you're going to argue about something that, that no one is inclined to really, you know, reconsider, you know, it's, plus you have nothing, nothing else to talk about, but I'm sure you have other good things to talk about. Appreciate your call. It's WNBF 1149. I sort of serve as a facilitator here so we can have a community conversation every weekday morning on Binghamton Now.
Now the weather. Mostly cloudy today, snow showers. It will become sunny later this afternoon, high 29. Partly cloudy tonight, low 19. Tomorrow, increasing clouds. Snow showers in the afternoon with a high of 36. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 25. That's minus 4 Celsius at WNBF. Back to the phones, we go Rob in Fort Crane. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Hey, you piqued my interest this morning, the way you started looking at newspapers first thing this morning, and then you got to the New York Post at all. I'm not going to look at that. And it was it was a kid, the same kid that was accused of beating up those cops, just got arrested for robbing someone at Macy's. Is that the story you didn't want to talk about today, Bob? And then you talked about let them all in, your whole show. Let them all in. Venezuela. No, it was a different story. It wasn't about the Macy's incident. I'm trying to see. The New York Post, I'm just looking. They changed their storyline up, like, I don't know if it's once an hour or every every so often. So now I can't find the story. It wasn't that one, but it was another story that I just didn't want to, you know, start off on the wrong foot. But, boy, that it says migrant teen accused in Times Square attack on the cops is arrested again for uh, Macy's robbery. So apparently yeah. he and some other people were stealing stuff down at Macy's. And then I think uh, a security guard got hit in, the, hit in the face. That's right. They yeah. were stealing sneakers, Bob. Yeah. They really needed those sneakers. No, they don't. They don't because they were being given probably nicer shoes than I have. So well, the thing is, Bob, the thing is that this is all really self-inflicted. And Venezuela, uh, Venezuela's president a long time ago said they emptied their prisons and they sent them north. Well, they shouldn't have done that. And this guy, if he's guilty of these crimes, this 19-year-old, they, they, need, they need to teach him a lesson. He needs to be sentenced for his crimes. Let's see. Oh, Rick from the patch. Good morning. We have uh, just about a minute left in the program. Well, then, real fast, have you ever heard of Radio Caroline? I have. I believe I have. I was. It, it was a pirate radio station. Yes. I for about 20 years. Yes. And they broadcast some ships in the beginning. Yeah, they were out on a on a boat just uh, just in the uh, uh, the foreign waters so they could get around the, uh, I, I believe, the uh, uh, broadcast regulations there in, in London. Right. Well, they would send the Marines out to, to trash their stuff, and then their citizens would go back out on the low boats and resupply. And they had five ships that got one left now. They're still broadcasting, and uh, they play each DJ plays whatever he wants to play. You know, uh, the Who, the Beatles, that's where they first got their American influence. It was American rock and roll that they didn't like in the U.K. So Yeah, uh, I, I've heard playing. some of those tapes. That, and Radio Caroline also had some of the jingles that were popular here in the United States. Like even they had a, at least one or two jingle packages that WENE used. So a lot of the familiar jingles, I think. Sometimes we're on Radio well, Carolina. You can still get them on the internet. I, All right. I'm not listening to MBF. I listen to you know Radio Carolina when I want to listen to music. All right. Hey, we're we're out of time. Thank you for calling in. Thank you to everybody who called in. Lots of callers, lots of opinions. The conversation continues tomorrow from nine to noon with Binghamton. Now I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio 
WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.